Can you describe your race in one word? Shocking. That's how I would describe it in one word. Shocked. Shocked, I'd imagine, because of how she placed. Yep, Debbie Martin Cosani, owner of the world's best Instagram handle, Ultra Run DMC, won the Women's Montane Spine Race, one of the toughest endurance races in the world, a non-stop 268-mile winter marathon. Speaking of the finish line, that's after 104 hours, 8 minutes and 22 seconds. She had this to say about the race atmosphere, what makes it so special, and some pretty bizarre hallucinations. The atmosphere is just uh, the usual mix of anxiety at the beginning. And then once you start, everyone just settles into it. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of camaraderie and everybody helps each other. Um, so yeah, it's not like your normal kind of racing event where it's dog eat dog. It's kind of like everyone really wants everyone else to finish. So it's always really supportive. And how did you feel when you crossed the finish line? I don't know, I think I'm still surprised, but I'm just happy because I know I gave it my absolute everything um, and that's all I wanted to achieve. So um, yeah, just delighted, delighted. Did you have any moments when your mind was playing tricks on you? Oh, an abundance of them. It was very late and I hadn't slept at all. And I think this was Tuesday night. So I was very, very tired. Literally falling asleep on my feet. And um, so many hallucinations. I was seeing people, there was insects all over the ground. <laughs> but you know you're hallucinating. But I just couldn't work out where I was and what I was doing. Like, I kept snapping, thinking, why am I out walking here in the snow and ice? And, and there was various bits where I took like little wrong turns and I'd be saying to myself, right, you need to remember that on race day not to take that wrong turn, you know, like. So yeah, it was a, um, a solid 10 miles of deep funk, that's for sure. The course conditions um, in terms of spine racing is pretty optimal. Um, not perfect. Um, because we had a mix of everything. Um, considering um, it's January, um, I was actually still quite surprised how much snow there was on um, Sunday and Monday. Um, but we had a good solid mix. Um, so there was a lot of snow and hail on the first couple of days. And then a bit of ice and we had some beautiful sunshine. Um, we had a lot of rain, of course. Um, but all in all, I think we were quite lucky. Um, I think when it comes to racing in the winter or racing any time in the UK, then you just can't compare year to year because you just deal with what's thrown at you. So, um, but yeah, there was, it was quite nice to have a couple of days when you're not soaked to the skin, that's for sure. My best moment or, um, was the sunset over High Cup Neck. It was absolutely beautiful and High Cup Nick is absolutely stunning and just to be able to witness that, it was um, really nice. Beautiful sunrise this morning as well over the two years. So kind of makes it all worthwhile when you see things like that. What would you say makes this race so special? It's reputation. That's what makes it so special. Everybody knows about this fine race. You know, people who are not interested in running know about this fine race. And how does she reward herself after something like this? I've just ordered two portions of chips. Well deserved. It's definitely a double chips day. <laughs> and what's your plan for recovery? Chips. <laughs>
Hello and welcome to season three of Further Faster, a podcast brought to you by Montaigne. My name is Daniel Nielsen and in this season we're going to be talking to mountaineers, to climbers, explorers and ultra-athletes to find out why they do what they do and how they do what they do. And as you can hear, we're kicking off season three with a spine race special. We've heard from the first female, Debbie Martin Kosani, and later we're going to hear a few words from the overall winner, Owen Keith. But first we're getting into the nitty gritty of the spine race and how on earth you train for something like this with Howard Drakeup, an ultra running coach and who finished in third place in the Spine North Challenger. Howard Drakeup, welcome to Further Faster. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Um, so yeah, you're fresh off the Spine Challenger North race. Um, and given that this is a bit of a spine spine race uh, special, yeah, g- give us a little insight into what, what what does the route entail first? How does it differ from the normal spine race? Yeah, so the Challenger North, it picks up where the Challenger South finishes, which right. is horse. It's just under the halfway point. Yeah. Um, this year we didn't get to do the full route because we had some diversions in place because of the storm Arwen. Um there's a couple of forests that were a bit unsafe to pass through. Mm-hmm. So it should have been about 160 miles, but we ended up doing, I think it was about 140, 145-ish. Got let a flight then. <laughs> <laughs> and and um, yeah, and, and what, what was the, yeah, what's the kind of terrain like? So you leave from Hawes? Yeah, it's a bit of a mixed bag, really. It's a bit of everything. You've got, um, you've got like the crossing of Great Shunner, mm-hmm. which is like... Like a nice little, little grassy fell with a bit of bit of rock on there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've got loads of bogs in between going over, um, over on the way to Tan Hill, uh-huh. and then you go to Middle Middleton and Teesdale. Um, that's quite a flat section after that because you're kind of following a river right. towards um, High Cup Nick. There's a bit of a climb up to High Cup Nick. Nice. But yeah, the terrain. Did you get much views in at High Cup? No, it was. Um, I was there at about eight o'clock at night. Oh, it was foggy as well. Oh, was it? But yeah, the terrain—it's a bit of everything. A lot of bogs, a lot of mud. Yeah. Some rocky sections, but yeah, it's mainly mud and bog. <laughs> right, 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 right. And and um, I guess well, one of the things that we sort of try to look at in in the podcast is how how you sort of prepared for it and whether your race went according to plan. Now you're you're also like an ultra running coach as well. Would yeah. what um with your coach hat on do you think you you ran you ran the race as you should or 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 would you be telling me so i mean you came in third so you did something right <laughs> but yeah um, um i was just thinking about this earlier on and i didn't realize it but i did get sucked into a bit of a pace to begin with that i said i wasn't going to do right um i remember coming off great shunner and we was like seven and eight minute miling on the way into thwaite it's called Mm-hmm. I thought to myself, no, a minute ago, I thought, why was I doing that? That wasn't the plan. Right. But, uh, I think I quickly realised that I was doing what I said I wasn't going to do. So I sorted that out. Yeah. Um, and, and and so did you did you kind of set off with an overall sort of minute, you know, with the... The target. Yeah. Yeah, I, I did have a bit of a, a plan, but it, it didn't go to plan. Right. Uh, that's the thing with ultras you can plan but they don't always go to plan right. um, I kind of had a best case scenario target time yeah. and I reckon with the 
diversions in place now on the on the 15 miles of it being shortened. Yeah. I reckoned I could have on a good day have done it in about 40 hours. Right. I, I was capable of it, I think, on a good day, but yeah. I didn't wake up on a good day, if you know what I mean. I didn't wake up on a bad day, but I I, I think I did I, I'd like to go back and give it justice. Yeah. What what makes a good day? What what do you think the difference is between a good day and a not so good day? Some days you just wake up and everything clicks and you feel better. Mm -hmm. um, is it physically, day? mentally, or a bit of both? It's a bit of both. I think it's just there's there's not many things you can do to change it, like actually, but mm -hmm. it just depends. Some like it's just like imagine you do a, a 10k run on mm -hmm. Half marathon or whatever, a half an hour run. Yeah. Some days you just feel better than others. You can go out for a run and you think oh, that was a crap run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Other days you can go out and think, you know what, I felt really good today. And it's mm. just the way you. It's just the depends which side of bed you get on. Do you reckon? Is there anything you can do to sort of mitigate against it? Do you do you have to kind of dig a bit dig a bit deeper sometimes, or or do you just accept yeah. that this isn't? Yeah, it's how bad it is. Right. Kind of. It wasn't. But so I I woke up on the wrong side of bed on the on the race day. Right. Um, but it wasn't bad enough to throw the toys out the pram and say, "Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna DNF or I'm gonna not finish it." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Stop being, stop being a mad ass and <laughs> get on with it. You signed up for this. You know you wanted to do it. So you know, I'll just things aren't going your way, but deal with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and and when you do, when you do sort of feel like that, do you go through kind of. I mean, I guess I mean we we all go through ups and downs when we're running. But do you how how do you sort of pull yourself out of the the bits where you're not feeling so good? Do you do you have any sort of techniques, or is it just a pull your socks up, mate, and get on with it? Yeah, there's different things you can do. I think what got me through this race was it was I kept telling myself there were times where I felt felt crap and wanted to give up, yeah. and I kept saying just get to the next checkpoint. And then make a decision, but right. and that 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 normally gives you enough time to get over what you're feeling and get out of the, get on the other side of it. And then when you get to the the, the next checkpoint, more oh. often than not, you're on a good you're on a good you're on the good flip side of the coin. So you think that yeah, I'm going to crack on now. And yeah. that's how that's how I that that's what method I use. I just get to the next checkpoint and then make another decision. Break it break it down it. break it down as much as you can to yeah to smaller yeah. chunks and um. And what time did you do it in overall? Just over 49 hours, 49 hours, mm. 12. Yeah, yeah. Had a rough, really rough time coming coming over like Hadrian's wall. It took me twice as long as what it should have done. I was just literally one foot in front of the other, just trudging, just feeling sorry for myself, really. Right. Um, I, I couldn't give any more on that day, and that's that's all that matters, really. But Yeah. And, and were you, yeah, were you pleased overall with your performance i mean you should be i'm telling you you yeah. should be but <laughs> yeah i am because like you say I, I i know i could have done better but on the given day or on the given two days i couldn't yeah. give any more do you right. know what i mean so I, i'm happy in that respect but i do know that i'm capable of doing like a little bit more right 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 and so how, how do you go about like i say you're a coach for, for this sort of stuff how do you go about preparing for something so long like what, what what does your what does your training schedule like look like yeah i run like five six days a week normally five days a week mm -hmm. uh, 
I tend to perform better with a bit more recovery. Some people tend to just have one rest day a week. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, train five days a week. And without going into too much detail, because I could do, I don't mind going into too much detail. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I use what's called a block periodization, where you, I work in blocks. explain this one. Yeah. Do you know what that is? Yeah. No, 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 explain it. <laughs> yeah, it's a block periodization. You basically, for like three to four weeks, I will work on one, like one system. Like it might be with zero two max, or it might be um, working on like threshold. Working mm-hmm. the slower runs will be just focusing on one kind of type of run, basically. Right. Okay. Um, so yeah, I basically just worked on, worked on blocks within blocks. So I started off. I only started training, so I, I had a right rough year in 2021. Okay. Um, I had some weird sleep-related issues, and it ended up I, I got really badly fatigued. Right. Um, so April, May, and June, I didn't train at all. That's off three months off. Yeah. So I wrote myself a training plan, textbook training plan, to finish the TV at Goat Race. Mm-hmm. I only trained for like seven months for this and I didn't even enter the I didn't even enter this race until the end of November of the Spine Challenging Off I wasn't right. even doing it so it was only nine weeks ago I decided I was going to do it yeah so what I've done is I in June I started off working on VO2 max I did about a month's worth of VO2 max training which is basically just it's the intensity level I worked at was working with VO2 max it was all 10 out of 10 efforts so I'd be doing some hill sprints for example yeah yeah I might do two or three sessions a week mm-hmm. recovery runs in between yeah. one or two rest in this depending on how I felt and then a long run and in that and then in that block my long run would be quite short mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it was really high yeah um so yeah start of the year start off with the VO2 max block and then I'd move into a block of uh, like threshold efforts where we're doing a lot of threshold runs mm-hmm. same again I'd do a, a, like a, a threshold workout and then a recovery run, then a threshold run. It was always that pattern. A workout, yeah. recovery run. Workout, then a recovery run. And then same again, one long run a week and one or two rest days a week. Right, right. And then I think I, did, I, think I had a, quite a few threshold blocks. I think I might have stuck in the threshold block for around about three months. Yeah. It was quite a long block, but it was, there, was, there was little blocks within the big blocks, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, then I moved on to like the endurance block then, which was basically the intensity dropped again. So there was all like steady state runs within, in a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, runs in between. And then because the intensity had dropped to steady state from 10 like threshold, that allowed my long runs to start really growing. Yeah. Um, oh, and what was, a, what was a long run? What was a sort of like, what kind of distance did you get up to? So yeah, the longest run, I think it was about six hours. Right. And, and do you always do it by time rather than distance? Yeah, I like to do time myself. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Some days you don't really feel like doing a distance, do you? So if you, yeah. if you put, put it in time. Yeah. And, and what about, where, I mean, where do you live? Where, what's the terrain like? So I live, I live right near Dufton, uh, just off the Pennine Way, basically. I live oh, right. in a little bit called Walkop. Right. Between Kirby Stevens and Appleby. Okay. Okay. So you're 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 running. You're you're you're, you're running yeah. the area that you would do on the spine race. Yeah. 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 I did a lot of running in the Howgills. Mm-hmm. The Howgills. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nice, yeah. Nice big, big mountains. Not, not, not so, not so touched. Not so many people. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Quite weak. Yeah, amazing, amazing. And um, tell us a little bit about how you got into running as well. I mean, you came in. I don't, I don't know how old you are now. Thirty-six. Yeah, uh, thirty-seven. Yeah, just turned thirty-seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how? Um, yeah, you, you you started relatively late. Is that right? Yeah, I so was reasonably new to it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I, it only seems like I started a couple of years ago. But when I think, wow, it's been seven years now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I started at thirty. Um, yeah. with a lot of mental health issues. Um, okay. I was a bit of a party boy when I was younger. Burning mm-hmm. the candle at both ends, not enough sleep. Yeah. The lash all weekend, high pressure job. And right. yeah, after a couple of years of that, my head went pop. Right. Uh, I took a lot of time off work, and I got into like a bit of walking, a bit of fell walking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then kind of did a bit of running and a bit of walking. In, in one stint, you know what I mean? I'd go out on a bit of a march and then do a bit of running. Yeah. And then it, it became more of a run rather than a walk. Mm-hmm. And then it built, it just took off from there, basically. I did that for a few years and then I got to like 33. Mm. Oh, I quite like this. If I took it a little bit more seriously, I could probably do do a bit better than what I'm doing now. And yeah. And you got myself a running coach and then, yeah, it just took off from there. Here I am now. Amazing. And, and when... When you first started going out in the hills, like what gave you the motivation to get out? Was it just the area you lived in? Did somebody sort of inspire you to just get out? Like, how did that sort of recovery process begin? Yeah, I did it myself. It was like I'd, I'd always been outdoorsy. I mean, even as a kid, I loved playing out. Mm. Um, I worked with other kids that so was always on the Xbox and stuff like that. Yeah. I was running around with a stick in my hand, you know, climbing trees. And so I, I've always liked being out in nature so yeah yeah I just I just just yeah just tried it once and enjoyed it and kept on doing it it was just something to do yeah and what 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 was it about being outside that sort of helped help that sort of recovery I quite like the views to be fair okay okay just just, just a bit it's just a bit of headspace you know you just you know there's nobody else about you just switch off and it just gives you time to think I think yeah. Do you see, do you still get the same from your runs now? Yeah. Is that is that is that what kind of motivates you and gets you keeps you going? Yeah, is, like, that, like that, the, is that one of your key yeah key motivations? Yeah. Right? I like the disconnect. Yeah, just switch off and just nothing else really matters when you're running, does it? Just no. think about what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I guess running's different from walking. Like I, I walking, you do have time to think. You do have time by yourself. But when you're running, you are sort of in the moment, looking where your next step's going to go. Do you know what I mean? I sort of see them as different. Yeah, even the zone, aren't you? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Yeah, about all life's worries, if you've got any. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. So, um, and what's next? What, what you got coming up? Got the Cape Wrath Ultra. That's ah. the end of May, is it? Uh, 20th of last week of May. Right, okay, okay, okay. And um, yeah, are you, are you, are you co- coaching yourself through this one? Are you going to be preparing in the same sort of way? Were you pretty happy with how it went with the? Yeah, I think the the plan will stay the same. The method. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What I'll, I think what I'll do is with training for the Cheviot go. I kind of tra- try to train specifically for the ground for that race. So I was doing a lot. It was like not very technical 
running, it was just in the Howell Girls, you know, you don't have to lift your feet up very high, there's nothing to trip up over. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're quite grassy. Um, mm-hmm. But I think with this block now... This one's going to be a bit different. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really miss the mountains. So I moved up to Kendall initially. Mm-hmm. I used to live in Lancashire. Yeah. Um, to Kendall to, to be nearer the mountains and do, you know, and train and, and do more specific running up in the hills and the fells and the mountains. Yeah, yeah. And I found myself in the last six months, like since I since I got fatigued, mm-hmm. I got I run myself down by running by doing too much elevation. I, I just used to love choosing a route that just involved climbing up every single mountain in the latest routes that I could possibly get up within that vicinity. Yeah. You know, I had a bit of addiction for getting the elevation in. Yeah. And it was that that kind of got me fatigued. So I kind of backed off from that and I started focusing on running on the more flat trails with a bit of bit a couple of runs in the Howgills. But I think now I'm ready to go. I'm, I'm over what I've been, you know, the fatigue and the knee mm-hmm. setback. I think now I'm just going to be quite like to get back into the latest streets and do some do some more mountainous stuff, really. Yeah, yeah, but with a bit more balance, presumably, than. Yeah, right. Yeah, instead of just going for every bit of elevation possible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> amazing amazing well howard listen thanks for your time um yeah really insightful I, yeah we t- just on some training ideas that i don't think we have done in the podcast before so thanks for your time um yeah. congratulations on your finishing third as well must be pretty yeah. happy and we'll uh yeah keep an eye on you on the kate rath ultra as well yeah. um but yeah thanks for your time <laughs> thank you And a huge thanks to Howard for the interview and for the tips. So now we're going to hear from the overall winner, Owen Keith, speaking at the finish line. Which race did I do? I did the spine race, the full spine, and I got on by winning it most unexpectedly. Uh, my best moment was actually the, the moment I moved into the lead. Uh, I was like a little excited child because I was... It was such an unexpected moment to, to actually get into the lead with such a strong, super strong field. And I, I, I reckoned my best place finish was likely to be fourth or fifth if I had a good race. So to actually find myself on the, you know, two thirds of the way beyond up the field and in the lead was, oh. <laughs> Any race tactics? Uh, run my own race, very simple. Um, never mind what everyone else is doing. You know, if you run your best race, you'll get your best result. And, you know, build out from there. Uh, my main advice for anyone wanting to do any race, no matter how small or how big, is once you have the desire, just enter the race. Because you don't need to work up to any race, no matter how tough it is. Because, you know, what gets you through the toughness is that drive, the motivation, the desire. You know, people don't decide to do a marathon and start at 100 metres and work up to the distances. They'll go straight for a marathon. Spine, as intimidating as it is, is it's just another race when you come down to it. There are other factors, but you just break it down into all the bits and do it. So if you want to do it, go for it. And thanks to the interviews on the ground and the athletes, of course. But perhaps we're going to leave the final words to the joint second place finisher, Douglas Zinnis, who perhaps sums up the race best of all. We're going to be back in a couple of weeks. Thanks as ever for listening. The course is 268 miles over the Pennines. It's a mixture of horrible bogs. It's got ice on crossrail. 
it's got muddy feels, or slippy, claggy mud, um, horrible rocks, it's got everything. <laughs>